Dateline, March 20th, 2011. Well, g'day folks and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 140 of the Airplane Geek Show. Grant, on this glorious Sunday afternoon here in uh, Melbourne, Australia and uh, crikey, after a really relatively cool summer, it looks like all the warm weather's coming for us now. That's right, mate. We've just had nine days in a row flying hot air balloons. Every day quite fine to fly here in Melbourne. Unbelievable. We just had a Monday to Friday, five days without flying at all and then suddenly we get nine in a row. But I've got to say, mate, it's going to be rain this evening and it's not looking good to fly tomorrow. Uh, well, you need a rest anyway, Grant. You're always so busy these days. I know, there's just so much to do. Anyway, well, uh, speaking of uh, some of the interesting flying that's been going on this weekend, uh, a group for disabled pilots has been having a bit of a get-together here. We just thought we'd mention that quickly. Wheelies with Wings. It's a charity that invites disabled pilots and other interested persons to uh, join up and help them get physically disabled people flying. So uh, I believe there's similar kinds of things going on in the US. Uh, this is the one here in Australia. And uh, this weekend that we're recording, They've actually been uh, having a bit of a fly and an information forum out in the um, in the country at uh, Deniliquin. We also know that uh, Steve Cook over in the UK on the Flying Podcast has been doing uh, quite a lot of uh, work with the uh, disabled pilots that are uh, unfortunate enough to uh, be confined to a wheelchair, but uh, you know obviously can still fly, and uh, it's really interesting stuff. So uh, wheeliswithwings.com.au if uh, you'd like to have a look there, and um, yeah, for our uh, Australian listeners to the show, um, certainly give them your support if you can. Yeah. It's definitely a worthy cause. But uh, speaking of worthy causes and uh, following up on uh, last week's Ausdesk, where we mentioned the fifth RAF C-17 has been approved and purchased, it's actually due later this year. And uh, it's interesting to note that uh, the RAAF are finding that they're using it more for these aircraft more for humanitarian work as well, and especially lately with the, uh, with the earthquake in Christchurch the flooding in Queensland and uh, parts of New South Wales and Victoria, and also now the, the major earthquake, tsunami and potential meltdown going on in Japan. Yeah, interesting. I mean, the Royal Australian Air Force has always been quite active when it comes to humanitarian aid. Uh, a lot of those roles traditionally were filled by a fleet of C-130 aircraft, and I'm sure they're still uh, doing so to uh, perhaps a slightly reduced extent. But uh, yeah, the addition of the fifth C-17 will be most welcome. Of course, our forces are also deployed overseas uh, operationally in places like Afghanistan and Iraq and other places around. So, uh, yeah, those aircraft uh, will, are certainly being used a lot and the fifth one will be certainly very welcome. Now, Grant, let's move on and talk once again about fuel surcharges and we'll probably do this one this week and give it a rest for a while because I think it's been a bit of a central theme lately, but uh, Virgin Blue, in fact, their international arm, V Australia, well, they're also introducing them as well. They're uh, increasing their fuel surcharges on both domestic and international routes. So, uh, yep, we we're waiting for them to do it and... Uh, John Borghetti has uh, been speaking about trying to balance competitive pricing against the uh, need to cover increasing fuel costs. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Uh, fuel apparently dropped a little bit after the Japanese earthquake, but uh, now with the um, situation in Libya escalating, it's going to see if it uh, puts the fuel price back up again. Absolutely, yeah. Now we're talking about uh, a flight on a V Australia aircraft from uh, Australia across to the US. They're talking about increasing that fuel surcharge uh, up from $150. $15 per sector to 165 so that's quite a jump. Now, fortunately, V Australia uh, are generally a little bit cheaper on their base fare than, uh, say, Qantas or some of the other airlines, but uh, that's still going to have an impact. The other interesting thing too, Grant, is when we look at world oil prices in this country, everybody here uh, focuses on the uh, price uh, based on US oil 
prices, but actually Australian fuel prices are pegged to the Singaporean stock market. So, um, you know, and the prices there are actually quite considerably higher than 100 US dollars a barrel right now. That's definitely the case. And uh, it's that fuel situation that has helped contribute to Air New Zealand warning of a second half loss. They've uh, put out some uh, profit warnings. Um, in fact, <laughs> negative profit. <laughs> They're talking about a loss in the second half of the year, primarily due to high fuel prices and the earthquakes in Christchurch in Japan. Um, the Christchurch situation in New Zealand were very quick to start doing humanitarian flights. They offered extremely cheap, uh, like $50 each way, airfares within uh, New Zealand to get people to and out of Christchurch uh, for friends and family and things like that who needed to get in and get help get loved ones sorted out and maybe get them out as well. And um, they're also doing that internationally for people who were able to show that they were a family of those in Christchurch and needed to get home. So uh, between that and then the earthquake in Japan kind of knocking out a major tourism source for New Zealand, those two things plus the uh, fuel prices have really given them a bit of a worry and uh, they don't think they're going to have as much, if any, profit in the second half. It looks like their uh, fuel bill has risen by $10 million US dollars per month uh, recently. <laughs> so they've had to increase their fares by between 7 and 8%, uh, depending on whereabouts you're travelling with them. <laughs> Ouch, and I thought the uh, the fuel pump prices that we're seeing increased from a dollar twenty to a dollar fifty per litre at the uh, pump for our cars was bad enough. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they're paying over $2 a litre for motor vehicle petrol um, over there in uh, in uh, New Zealand. And let's not forget, folks, they their government chose to punish their population with a carbon tax. More <laughs> I was wondering when that would come up. <laughs> you knew I was going there. What an absolute <laughs> well done, joke. Dude. But let's not go down that let's not go down that path. Yes, remember the Airplane Geeks is a politics free environment. Yes, well, not this sector of it, I'll tell you. Anyway. <laughs> not down under. Excellent. Well, uh, look, I'll tell you what, uh, we're gonna touch a little bit on politics, and that's the politics of defamation. And uh, Air New Zealand is accusing Qantas of defamatory conduct because recently Qantas settled with the New Zealand government for that. Remember, you may remember over the past couple of years we've been talking about the whole situation of price fixing cartels on the international air freight market and a number of world airlines have been uh, hauled over the coals in various countries including Qantas and Qantas has just uh, agreed to pay a New Zealand 6.5 million dollar fine to the government there to settle the uh, class action and so on and due to due to that whole cartel operation and in their uh, press release about settling and so on they have implicated Air New Zealand in the um, in the whole same scheme and uh, Air New Zealand's got their back right up because uh, they have not been shown to be involved so far. Whether they were or not, there's no proof of it. No one's been able to show that uh, Air New Zealand has been involved in it. So they're accusing Qantas of defamatory conduct. Yeah, now there's uh, you know quite a lot of interesting press releases coming out of Auckland at the moment <laughs> from Air New Zealand. <laughs> they are not happy at all that Qantas is trying to uh, paint Air New Zealand in the same brush. Here's one of the statements coming out of one of those uh, press releases. It says here, in quote, Qantas has acknowledged in a number of offshore jurisdictions that it participated in widespread criminal behaviour whereas neither Air New Zealand nor any Air New Zealand employees have been found guilty of such behaviour. Oh boy, they're not happy at all, mate. Nope, nope, not when they start mentioning the big C word, criminal. But hey, look, Qantas could very soon be uh, experiencing some trouble back here in Australia because the uh, Fair Work Australia Tribunal has uh, approved the strike vote. Uh, Industrial action by engineers could in turn spread on to um, cabin crew and pilots. But at this this stage, Fair Work Australia have uh, said that the engineers can uh, engage in some limited industrial action. 
Mm, interesting times now, of course. So we're coming into a period uh, in, in many industries, not just the airlines, where uh, enterprise bargaining uh, has to begin. They usually last for about three years, most of these agreements, and uh, this is this is where um, a lot of this is coming from because now it's time for all the, uh, the argy-bargy to start and, um, you know, the engineers have not been happy at the way they, they've been treated by Qantas over the years and, uh, you know, they're going to advance their case as aggressively as they can right now. Oh, definitely, and especially with uh, Easter coming up, big travel time for here in Australia – and uh, so the threat of uh, industrial action around Easter could be interesting, make for some fun times. But not only the Engineers Union, but also the ACTU. And Steve, what's ACTU? That is the Australian Council of Trade Unions. All right, that's right. It's the big umbrella group that sits above all the trade unions here in Australia. And uh, they've made a plea to Fair Work Australia to, in a quotes, put a break on attempts to use artificial corporate arrangements for offshore jobs and avoid Australian award requirements. It's interesting. I was talking to a few Qantas pilots recently, um, and and the subject of this is obviously, uh, you know, at the top of their minds. And one of the questions I asked is uh, regarding Jetstar pilots, you know, part of the Qantas group, or depending on the way we portray (laughs) it, maybe the other way around. But you don't sort of hear this coming from Jetstar group. And one of the questions I asked is, aren't you guys all covered by the same union? And the answer apparently is yes. Uh, And apparently, um, from what we've been told, at least anecdotally, that uh, you know, if Jetstar pilots are not concerned about what's happening with Qantas Mainline, they should be because uh, the quote sort of went something along the lines of, if they get away with this with the Mainline guys, well, they're next. Yeah, if if they get away with this one, they're definitely going to be uh, gunning for Jetstar. Well, that's enough politics and uh, and all that sort of stuff for this week. Grant, I'm going to get outside and enjoy the sunshine before I get stuck back here into editing. Uh, Grant, what about you? Yeah, mate, I'm heading off to uh, hang out with some friends. We're going to do some uh, role-playing fantasy Dungeons & Dragons stuff uh yeah quite different from the airplane geek side this is just my i'm a geek side mm, there you go folks uh, a rare insight into the the strange and wonderful mind of grant mccarran and as i ponder that and <laughs> wonder just who it is i'm doing business with these days i'll talk to you next week i'm steve Fisher, and i'm grant making steve worried mccarran cheers folks <laughs>